Welcome to Pios and Five, a podcast series at Merida College that allows us to have quick and insightful conversation with students, alumni, and employees. Today we are joined by Christy Burke, who has served Merida College as its Director of Education Abroad since 2007, and she also helps the Office of Admission with graduate recruiting. Like many of her counterparts across the U.S., Christy had a busy spring semester helping domestic students who were studying abroad, as well as working with international students on campus as the COVID-19 pandemic closed colleges for in-person learning. Christy, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Well, we'll get right into that. I mean, I kind of set, set us up there with that. Obviously, things were, were sort of different. Uh, I know over the years you've probably dealt with issues regarding students studying abroad, but I imagine nothing compares to what you had to manage this spring. Can you, can you talk a little bit about how things change in your area from, from the week before spring break until the week after spring break? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. We mostly we've we've dealt with um, challenges like isolated to a specific location. So, for example, in 2010, there was an earthquake in New Zealand, and we had a student there, and then we were trying to to deal with that. But this was much wider, and it was consistent. So, one of the things that I think was most interesting when I look back on it is that because we had students uh, all over the world. Uh, and we had students in Europe, they had the outbreak ahead of when we did. So I was consistently getting updates on Europe and where the COVID um, outbreak was occurring. And we, while we didn't have anybody in Italy, we did have somebody um, in another part of continental Europe. And so we were constantly getting everyday updates on government, university regulations. So by the time it hit us for spring break, I was already aware of what was happening in other parts of the world. And on the, in addition to that, when the outbreak occurred in China in December, we were very aware of the concerns our, our Chinese students and our, and our other Asian students had as the, that situation was going on. I think when it hit home and it hit the U.S. and we started to change things on campus, that's when it became a little bit more of a logistical thing, but from an emotional side, we were definitely aware on our team of the challenges of COVID a little before um, the main campus. So as you said, you were uniquely prepared for what was about to happen in the U.S. Um, Not to say you knew everything that was going to happen, but you at least had a lot more information than probably other people did. How do you think you were able to utilize that knowledge and, and earlier experience to help the college sort of adjust quicker? I think one of the biggest things uh, my expertise and knowledge was able to do was to talk about travel and kind of risk management side of things. So monitoring who was leaving. I remember sending out an email to all the international students saying, you must indicate to me if you're intending to leave the United States, if you're intending to try to go somewhere else, so that we knew where you could potentially go um, particularly with regards to what they were starting to, to deem as hotspots within the U.S., um, because that was a very big time. We think about most students go home outside of, you know, there are certain groups that were traveling, athletics went to wherever their spring training was. But for international students, spring break is a, is a really great opportunity to explore the U.S. And, of course, they're going to go to the big locations because they're studying in a, in a small town. And so we really had to look at what communication we needed to do and how do we tell students where are you going and, and kind of monitor what they were doing while also allowing them to be autonomous and understand that, that this wasn't a panic situation, but that we needed to be mindful of, of knowing as much as we could before they left. 
we all sort of know that there's all these moving targets and, and you know, information changes every day and what you can or should be doing. Um, but as you start to prepare for this fall, maybe even the next year when it comes to education abroad, when it comes to our students wanting to go overseas or students wanting to come here, can you talk about like what the impact is going to be on this? I mean, are we anticipating a huge decline across the board or you know, how, how are people in your position starting to manage this uh, situation? So I think that one of the biggest challenges for the world of international education is that our annual conference has been canceled. And so normally in May we bring 8,000 people from around the world together to brainstorm and talk about things, and that's on hold. And so I think um, you know, in, in the immediacy of um, the impact of what, what happened, the response was get everybody home, uh, monitor the situation, and safety is the top top priority. I think that's not going to change. I think that as we continue to look at advising processes for uh, study abroad, we're going to make sure that we have, you need a primary time that you want to go and what is your secondary date in the event that there is an inability for you to travel for X, Y, or Z situations, whether it's political, whether it's health-wise, whether it's you know, on a scale that's outside of you as a person. I think that we're going to see shortened programs because as of right now, certain countries in the world do not, do not require visas for students from the United States if they study for fewer than 90 days. And so I think that we're going to see semester programs go to that because consulates are still closed. Um, and I also think that there are popping up virtual options. And so I think as, as we lead into the summer and we, we talk about fall, we're going to really look at in the academic house how do we have experiential education opportunities that are virtual. And so um, right now uh, one of my team members is looking in on, on different opportunities for virtual internships with an international company. And it still requires cross-cultural communication and time management and organization, and in some ways even more so because now you are working with an organization that is on a different time zone from you and you're not physically located there. And so the, the travel component is gone from that, but the experience of working in a virtual international setting isn't. So we're going to be investigating those opportunities. On the international side, I think for the international students, I think one of the biggest challenges for us in the upcoming months is trying to figure out how to get everybody back. Um, because of limited flights, and um, we have, in certain cases, border um, closings, so we don't know how students will get back yet. But it's early, and so we're really hoping that since everything changed so quickly in May and in March and April, that we're hoping that things will change again quickly in, in May and June, so that by July we know exactly what we need to do to get everybody back for the fall semester. Well, that leads me to the next question here is, um, you know, this is a temporary thing, or at least that's how we're all looking at it. Um, you know, you've always been a strong advocate for studying abroad. So if you're speaking to the, you know, the freshmen coming in now, or maybe even the recruits for the class of 2025, um, you know, what would you tell them about the future of studying abroad, and why would you still encourage it as, as this thing starts to move forward? Yeah, absolutely. I think it if, if I've learned anything from this pandemic, it's not a pandemic, it's a global pandemic. It has really affected all areas of the world. And I think that now, even more so, it's, it's so important to learn patience and understanding among uh, people and communicating across cultures because we have a shared interest um, and that you know, it, it, the study abroad experiences that I had were life-changing, and I want 
for, for all of the students. I want that impact for them. And in some cases, I think we have to have a mind shift of what can we provide to you given the parameters. And so if, if an incoming student comes in and says, I really want to go next summer, we may have to push them to a virtual option, but we will help them find a way to save some space for a, a travel opportunity in the future. Um, I also think that there's a great opportunity for students to really take advantage of interacting with their international students on campus here and learning about cultures on campus. And so our goal is obviously we want to continue to allow for travel. We will do everything we can to, to do that, um, but we will shift our advising to offer flexibility um, within the parameters that we're given with the hopes that standard study abroad travel that we have known for the, for the past 50 years continues in some capacity um, sooner than later. Well, it sounds like you have a real handle on this, um, and again, in, in such unusual times, but uh, it's great to hear that. Christy, we want to thank you for joining uh, uh, the Merida College podcast, Pios in Five, and wish you all the luck uh, this summer and in the fall as you uh, continue to figure out how international travel and education abroad and all that stuff uh, looks. Thank you so much for the time. <laughs>